1: Good morning Cleveland we're back it's day two and we're covering the wide receivers again so uh no yesterday we looked at the room overall and the prospects that could be there at 26 and now we're back for some more wide receiver action how are you doing Ian right right right
0: it's a freaking weekend baby I'm about to have me some fun no it's actually good to have a little bit of a British accent on the intro I know I just continually get crushed for my bangers and mash quality of intros. so yeah other than that enjoying the weekend
1: uh we we did have someone contact paul last week and said the favorite thing about the podcast is when someone else is trying to do paul brown's intro um so there is someone that does enjoy us to having a laugh at paul's expense
0: those are the type of people that also sit around and watch train crashes all day long and just get complete joy out of it
1: my favorite sort of people so First, what we're going to look at is day two. Is I get my dream trade back. So um, maybe Bateman, Tony, and Marshall rule off the board. They trade back around pick 45. There's two dudes, not brothers, but brothers from another mother. It's Rondell Moore first. What do you make, Rondell? We could probably throw these two dudes together. In all honesty, yeah, they're, they're, they're honestly
0: over. they're similar in terms of size. They're tim- similar in terms of scheme. They play different. So Rondell Moore, highest recruited player ever to go to Purdue. So out of Jeff Brom's offense, and you know I genuinely tend to watch a lot of Purdue football, not because of an illness, uh, just friends that have rooting interests there. Um, and Rondell Moore absolutely just was a machine. He just was. He just was a production machine. He's five nine, about a buck eighty. He stayed three years. In, you know, in Jeff Brom's offense, he runs Jeff Brom brought a spread there. So that's why he was able to attract a five-star guy like Rondale Moore there. But this guy just catches everything. I think he led the league or led the NCAA and catches one year and then set the Purdue record for over 2000, all purpose yards. The issue was he, in his last two years, he just battled injuries, right? This is a guy that just at a, not a very big build. It's tough for him to stay on the field. He's a very stout, strong, physical athlete who is shifting. So we talked a little bit yesterday about Kadarius Tony being kind of a lightning bolt. Think of Moore having that, you know, that's, I know people have used kind of the Steve Smith, but you're talking about a smaller physical guy. He's a little bit more of a downfield threat than to me, like somebody like Elijah Moore is. So like when we're talking about the differences in their game, Elijah Moore is like a poor man's Kadarius Tony in terms of a second rounder because Elijah Moore is kind of that slot backfield. Now he played for Lane Kiffin. So it's a little bit different because Lane Kiffin runs that different type of ups, tempo, speed offense. Well, then all of a sudden Elijah Moore is this just sweeps and he plays the reverses and he's this fast. I mean, everything he does is, you know, just he tracks the ball really well. He's just a speed guy overall. His probably his three cone is going to be one of the better ones in the draft, short and shifty, whereas Moore is a little bit more of a power guy. So if I'm differentiating the two, I'm going to say Rondell Moore is going to be your more physical. So like a more athletic version of Jarvis Landry. Whereas I would say that, you know, Elijah Moore is kind of a shorter version of like Odell Beckham. Right. So there's that short, better with the feet, but he doesn't have the size that Odell does. So it kind of limits his production. So the question is, the Browns are looking for that slot guy, that inside guy, and Tony's not there. Do they trade back and grab one of these guys? Or do they just not even have really any interest in either of them at all because they don't want any five, nine, 180-pound receivers? That's the question.
1: Yeah, it's, I think it's one that you could take that stuff on day two, sort of later on day two, maybe in the future. But in all honesty, if you're playing two wide receivers, you need that medium to deep route. You're not going to be that reliant on a slot um, that's not really where the focus is going to be. Obviously, a couple of years down the line, if you've got a really heavy room that's got loads of tall wide receivers, you're happy with your me- medium to deep routes, you-, and you can go, hey, let's just go bold and find someone really power and quick in the slot. You could do that. Um, but you-, you can't just naturally go, hey, let's throw a little dude out on the side. Um, obviously, you had some like Justin Jefferson played a lot of slot, went outside, worked for him. Um, but I can't see them taking a tiny dude. Um, I just don't think that's where they're at. It's what they
0: have. You know, Odell, 6'1", Jarvis, 5'11", you know, Higgins is 6'1". So they don't have that big 6'3 guy. And, you know, the guys we're talking about today, you know, Amran Ross St. Brown, 6'1", Amari Rogers, 5'11", you know, Dwayne Eskridge, we're talking about 5'9", Tutu Atwell, Five. no, he's tomorrow. Sorry. Tutu Atwell, five nine. You know, these are all guys that are pretty small. There's not any, you know, Diami Brown, six one. I mean, I think the next big guy that I can think of that might be on the board, you're talking Nico Collins from Michigan, who said one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in the history of life yesterday or two days ago. And Seth Williams is six foot
1: three out of Auburn. Outside of that, they're all small guys. Yeah. So, right. Let's jump on to pick 59 before we get to the uh, end of day three picks. So we've got five dudes that are potentially penciled in, and you might go, they will reach at 59, but we're just looking at all the wide receivers. If they don't drop them at 59, they nine, they're gonna should be gone by the time we get to 89, 91. And so these are Amron <laughs> St. Brown, butchered his name, Amari Rogers, Tylen Wallace, Dwayne Eskridge, and Damani... Dam- army Brown. The, the Brown. Um, Eskridge is the first one that comes up, planting a red flag on this one. Week one of the season, he's due to be 45 and a half. 45 and a half? 24 and a half. He's not quite that old. Um, but he's 24 and a half, and that is a red flag for me. Um, I'm saying anyone through this draft process, especially on the first sort of five rounds, if they're over 23 come week one, it's too old and they're not going to go there. So red flag there, potentially one for Amari Rogers as well, being 5.41 on the relative athletic score means there's definitely some need there, but I'm happy to touch on him if you want, but let's start off with St. Brown Um, amazing athletic score 9.13. So them numbers did fly. Yeah. St. Brown kid
0: out of USC 6'1", 200 pounds, um, younger guy, right? So I think we have him at the blah, 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 22, pretty much at week one of the season. Um, I don't know how he has, it's, it's funny because I look at his RAS score and I'm sitting there going, he has the athleticism, but I don't see him being an outside guy. I see him being kind of maybe a larger slot guy. Um, he reminds me a little bit of Hollywood Higgins, honestly. You know, he's not a guy that does one thing exceptionally well, um, I think he has good body control in terms of pointing the ball. I went back and watched a few USC games and he made some really nice off balance catches. Um, I think he plays better above his head than below. So I think you know, a lot of these back shoulder fades. Um, I forget the Pac 12 game I was watching. It was a little late at night, but he made a nice catch down the sidelines. I just, I don't know what his fit is because to me, he is just doesn't really, I don't know what his value is at that pick. So he's a guy. I'm not as high on um, if you're maybe in the third round. Okay. But I don't, I just don't see him being a second round pick.
1: Yeah. No, he, he Didn't have as good a year last year when uh push came to shove. Um, we're going to skip past Amani Rogers. I think you said I'll be real
0: quick with Amari Rogers. He's the kid from Clemson. He's very fast. He lined up in the slot. Um, I, he's physical. I don't know what to tell you about him. I mean, he's, Decent, but I don't watch Amari Rogers and yearn to have him on the Browns. He's got good feet. That's about all I can tell you about him. I didn't really watch when you watch the Ohio State game, did Amari Rogers scary? I don't think he did anything. No. And
1: so next we jump into Tylen Wallace. Yep. Tylen Wallace. So
0: he's 5'11, 195. Oklahoma State kid, Big Twelve. I don't know. I've watched one of his games at this point. Everything I read about him, I don't know. I just this is a guy that struggles to stay healthy. I think he's a good route runner, um, has good body control. I don't know. I, I, I I'd almost be curious if you watch this guy. What are the what are the the the, the sub metrics say about him?
1: So Tylen Wallace um career production is second to none in the class he's averaged over 100 yards a game since the start that's of 2018 big 12. <laughs> Pardon?
0: that's big 12 for you that's big 12 yeah. football
1: He uh, can produce downfield um yeah the the numbers are yeah it's, it's crazy uh they reckon he's third round talent um that's, that's about 43 what contested catches most that's in pretty the good yes um weird. Then some of the negatives um, easily get sort of taken off routes by physical corners um, torn ACL at the end of 2019 um, limited route tree, but the, the, there's positives there. They're just not second like round material by him. So it, it's certainly someone they could take a pun on. He's, he's six foot um, played a lot, basically all outside only less than sort of 40 snaps the last two years on the slot so it, it's certainly one that you, w- you wouldn't say no it's never going to happen um but no it's, it's one to keep an eye on i think the one for me if they're going to draft someone in, at that 59 is a guy called dimani brown
0: yeah diami brown six foot one 200 pounds out of north carolina um mainly an outside guy i think he's a big play type of guy I do I do see the value in Deami Brown um I do like his acceleration he makes quick decisions um there was a game against Florida State where he had a really nice play he kind of set up the corner and then hit him with a double move it was a very nice play you can probably go out there um I'm trying to think where he would fit in in this Browns offense, because again, we're talking about guys in that five nine five eleven six one, like we're talking about all these mid height guys. And I, I mean, maybe Stefanski looks at it and says, you know what? I don't need big guys. I got all these tight ends that are all these trees. I've got Austin Hooper. I've got David Njoku. I've got stiff arm, Steve, you know, so that very well may be a thing where all of the receivers kind of have the same build, but I would think you'd want something a little bit better. Um, in terms of maybe some just diversity in the room, uh, you know, I just, these second round receivers, I think they're all just kind of maybe in a, in a group, but I think there's kind of a cliff. I think once you get through maybe those top eight receivers, you know, the three guys we talked about yesterday, Rondale and Elijah Moore, I think then it starts dropping into the third round quickly, honestly.
1: Yeah. And so next, we've got five dudes up in that 89 to 91 range. Um, and they are Nico Collins, Tutu Atwell, Seth Williams, Sage, Surratt, and Jalen Darden. Um, Sage Surratt is the only one with the age red flag and um, comes in at 23.4. But out of those other four guys, any of those that sort of pick your taste.
0: If you do like a slot and you miss out on Tony and you're not really high and going for more, the more non-brothers, I think Tutu Atwell's a guy, he's smaller, he's 5'9", a buck 75, but he's kind of that, that Hollywood brown-ish where they're not going to do many things all that great, but there's certain one thing that he can do really well. So if you're looking for kind of that home run option, I think Atwell in the third round is a pretty good value. Um, The other guy I actually like, even though he said the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life, and that was that Ohio State and Michigan had similar talent, Nico Collins. Now, don't look too far to ask him how good Nico Collins is. Just ask Donovan Peoples-Jones. They played together at Michigan. Yes, an OSU alumni is saying, I would draft Nico Collins in the third round six foot four, 220 pounds. So he brings an element of something you don't have. Um, I think a lot of these Michigan receivers have upside that we've never seen in college. So I think you're almost wasting your time watching college tape on Michigan because not only does it burn the eyes, but also I just don't know if you can get anything from this offense because we saw with Donovan Peoples-Jones, a five-star receiver, he comes in and did more for the Browns in one year than Harbaugh could do with him in, in three. So, Nico Collins is another guy that I kind of like. Uh, Seth Williams, similar 6'3, 225. He's a bigger receiver. Um, I like how physical he plays. He's just a big physical guy. So, you know, we talk about in the NFL to play for the Browns, you got to be able to block downfield. You got to have, you know, the ability to possess the ball. I think that's what Seth Williams is. A lot of these guys, to me, in this range are a lot better for the Browns. So, I would say if I'm picking two of them, or you know, two different types. Tutu Atwell is my speed guy. Seth Williams and Nico Collins are my bigger size guys.
1: Yeah, just looking at some numbers, Seth Williams, uh, just because of that size is intriguing. Um, got a 6.9 in the relative athletic score. So it's not bad. It's just okay. Um, but no, that's that something of interest. Um, there's a few of these dudes that, that haven't had pro days and things yet. So uh, we'll test and get more information. I just, I just can't see them taking someone small in those first three rounds if they go in wide receiver. Um, more long-term, I could see them do it, but I just think speed is key, but they want that height as well. So it's something to keep an eye on, um, but we'll be back tomorrow with a look at the day three um, and just some of the people that stand out and sort of where, where the boards fall. Um, but anything else to add in before we wrap up?
0: Yeah, I think for the day three, guys, I mean, honestly, you're getting quickly into the guys that I have not watched tape on that I'm literally going off of my memory from college. If there's a guy out there that you've heard in the first round of the second round or the first day of the second day we've been talking about, do you want me to kind of dig into a little bit? Um, I absolutely would do it going into day three. So if there's guys, don't give me like, you know, the, the top, the top couple guys if there's a guy that you know that you've heard out there that you want me to take a look at let me know who they are we'll put together maybe some names for the day three guys and then we can go through there otherwise we're just going to pick a couple guys that i think fit a profile or fit a skill set you know what we'll call the donovan people's jones pick where there's a late guy out there you like a little bit what he does and he's there in the fifth and sixth and seventh round welcome to treating guys because you know as we show beautiful
1: and as always guy Brown. Thank you All right. All right. All right.